Welcome to Inside the Multiverse with Carlos, Brad, and Matt. In this episode, we discuss the Blue Beetle, John Wick 4, Flash, and Loki. Follow us on Twitter at IT Multiverse. Now, explore with us as we go Inside the Multiverse. What's up, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Multiverse. I'm Carlos, joined here with Matt and Brad. As always, how's it going, guys? I'm excited to get into this episode. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Um, we had a little bit of like a, a break, I guess you could call it, so I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah, we had a little summer break, you know, um, some stuff came up, people got busy, as stuff always happens. So um, we're back here talking about it, and um, let's just fucking jump right into this, dude. Um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about, I didn't get to talk about it last week with you guys, um, was some news about the Blue Beetle. Now, as you all know, there was the whole thing about like the movie getting made, everything in production looks like it's still rolling that way. But recently in an article by, I think, THR, which is the Hollywood Reporter or Variety, it's a pretty big, I think it's Hollywood Reporter though, um, publication kind of uh, mentioned the plan moving forward. And it seems like WB has planned for like mid-budget films to be, some are going to be like HBO Max exclusives. And it looks like Blue Beetle is going to be an hbo max only release um before i go like you know really in deep because this is something super passionate about um brad what did, what did you think about that uh, personally i thought it was really disappointing um i mean i i'm not like a huge fan of like blue beetle um i know you are carlos uh, so i'll try to leave uh, all the big stuff to you but i mean i just feel like they really had a chance to like put like some new representation like on the big screen and have like, uh, you know, people that like grew up uh, in those communities to like be able to go to like a movie theater and like see a superhero like on the big screen. And so I just, I feel like that's just, it's a major swing and miss in my opinion. Uh, and then like the thing about like it being like a mid budget or like, you know, like an HBO Max, Max exclusive. Like I just, you don't, you don't have the universe set up for that yet. Like Marvel's not even doing any like straight to Disney plus movies. So like, how like is the DC extended universe? Like, how are they doing that? So like, it just feels like a major risk. And I, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed personally. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as um, Brad. I think it's a pretty, dis pretty big disappointment. And especially with the importance of this character, I think it would have been better suited if they propped him up on a bigger stage, having it be released in theaters. But as Brad said, you know, we're, we're not the big Blue Beetle fans like you. So we'll let you do the the heavy lifting on this one because we know it, how, how important it is to you. Yeah, um, which I appreciate. Um, you know, you guys know how big of a fan I am. You know, this has been a character that I followed for a long time. It's been somebody that, I really thought needed more, like he needed more. He needed his own ongoing comic, needed his own. Cause to me, when you read his comics, when you see him in anything, it's really DC's answer to Spider-Man, right? Because he's this kid that gains these powers that has to deal with being a high schooler and being a superhero at the same time. And it's this whole balancing act that he has to do now. I think you, if you put it on the big screen, not only are you going to get like the young people that want to watch these movies, like the little kids, you know, the 
everybody else in between. But what you're also going to do, like if you show somebody, you know, this character means a lot to me because his name is Jaime Reyes. Like the dude is Mexican. He lives in Texas. Like these are things where a lot of people can relate to. And dude, I know so many people in the Latino community and everything were kind of looking forward to this. And also in just in general, like moviegoers, there's a lot of Latinos that go to movies, like a lot. Like, you know, it's, it's a ritual. I remember um, in the city I used to live in, you know, every Friday packed Friday night, because that was a thing. You take your family to the movies. Now, if you put this up, for movies and on the big screen you give these people a chance to see somebody see families see people that are similar to they are you know what i mean you give them a chance to relate and and it's a superhero movie like there was this opportunity to just let this thing go and explode and be potentially something culturally impactful and i don't want to compare it to marvel because i don't want to get into that whole thing but you know what black panther did for the african-american community this could have had a similar impact on, you know, the the Mexican American, the Mexican community, the Latino community in general. You know, you could have been seeing more kids with, you know, decked out blue beetle gear, everything. Now, I think by limiting it to HBO Max, I think you won't get that many eyes. And we can sit here and argue about like, you know, streams and views and all this stuff. But at the same time, like there, there's something about going to watch it with your family. And there's something about giving this character the opportunity to be on the screen. Because, I mean, like you said, Brad, they don't have the the infrastructure to kind of throw this there and hope that, like, people are going to go watch it. Because some people are going to be like, oh, do I want to watch, you know, this new Blue Beetle thing, whatever this is? Or do I want to watch my show that I've been watching? You know, like maybe, maybe they do get the views that balance it out. Maybe. But I think they would have just hit it, like, out of the park as a movie. And um, I'm just disappointed, really sad. Of course, I'm going to watch it, like 100% going to watch it. Um, it just sucks. It just really sucks. Um, and it, it's, to me, I know it's like a mid-budget thing. It feels like this was done because it's riskier movie, and that feels kind of coded. That feels like there's something behind why is it risky. You know what I mean? If we can have all these other types of movies out there, why is this risky? But it's just how I'm feeling at the moment. Um, I'm still gonna watch it. I'll be on here to talk about it. Um, yeah. Any other any other points you guys wanna like hit on before we move on? Yeah, I, I think it really does take away from being in theaters to being on a streaming platform because there's just an experience that you have when you go to the theater. Like I there's been plenty of movies that have come out that I've watched on HBO max or Netflix and really enjoyed them. But there's just something about going to the theater. And I mean, even though it's strangers around you, you're experiencing it with a group of people. Like I remember watching the dark Knight in theaters. I remember what that experience was like hearing other people react to certain scenes. And in a movie like this, you could have really had that and that could have just enhanced the experience. So it definitely does suck that it's, it's not going to be viewed in that way because like i said it just takes away from that experience yeah anything else to add brad before i move on no i think you guys honestly touched on everything yeah um dude i want to get this out of the way i don't know if you guys can see the sweat glistening on my fucking forehead but it is hot as fuck here it's a hundred and like nine degrees 
I am Ooh. sweating my ass off. This is ridiculous. Um, but I just wanted to get that out. So if you see my arms moving, you see like fucking crazy pit stains. I'm sorry. It's fucking hot. Um, anyways, let's just move on before I cry about this some more. Okay. So we got more news. Um, Brad, we had uh, people getting cast in this movie, which I thought it wasn't going to be anything too crazy. But hearing some of these names got me really excited. Brad, who just got cast? What was the news that came out about John Wick 4? All right. Um, <clears throat> so we got uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, also known as Pennywise. We mm -hmm. have Hiroyuki Sonata, also known as Scorpion. Mm -hmm. We have Donnie Yen, also known as Ip Man. Uh, yeah. We have Wesley Snipes. Uh, this one isn't confirmed. It's in talks or like being rumored. Um, and obviously, you know, he's Blade. And then we have uh, Rina Sawayama, um, which I believe, according to my research, this will be her first feature length film. And I believe she's a British Japanese pop star, if I remember correctly. So okay. that, that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't really know what her role will be, but I, I think that's an interesting uh, route to go. And then, of course, you have your returning cast. You have Ian McShane, who will be returning as Winston. Yes. You, yes, you have uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who will be returning as the Bowery King. And then you have a couple others. Uh, these aren't confirmed, obviously, but maybe you see another Halle Berry sighting. Uh, Halle Berry sighting. Uh, she had those like really cool guard dogs, which I think was in number three. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then maybe even a reappearance from uh, Jason uh, Manzukas, mm. uh, Rafi from the league. If anybody watched the league, uh, okay. So yeah, yeah uh, I, I think you know I think it has the potential to be a, a really stacked cast. And John Wick, it's it's one of my favorite action movies, if not my favorite. Uh, I just I love this franchise. Um, I would watch like ten or fifteen of these movies if they want to make them. So it's <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just stoked to see where they go with this. Yeah, same here, Brad. I mean, not Brad. Sorry, fuck. He's got me fucked up. Uh, Matt, dude, how do you feel about the cast? And are you excited about this movie? I am excited for the most part. My only concern, I guess, would be I just hope this doesn't become like a fighting action style of Fast and Furious, where it's just throwing so many people into the cast and it just becomes a watered down film series. I mean, I, I love John Wick. But that's my concern is they're trying to throw in so many people that it waters down the story or the production or whatever. It's just too many chefs in the kitchen. It's just that's my concern. But everyone except for the pop star, who I have no idea who that is, I'm excited for to see in, the, in this uh, movie because they're all great actors. They all have great experience with uh, different roles. Um, they've just, it, it's a great selection of cast to add. That's just my concern is hopefully it doesn't just dilute the product, I guess. Well, now that we got that out of the way, fucking Matt just rang on everyone's parade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited, dude. I think hearing all these names, Donnie Yen, super dope. Um, you know, if you don't know him from Ip Man or IP Man, however you want to pronounce it, um, you might know him as the... Uh, Oh, what is it? Rogue One. He played the blind, uh, one of the blind guys with like the staff. And his thing was like, I am one with the force, the forces with me or something like that. Like he had that whole chant. So the dude is a badass, like certified badass. So we know whenever he's going to be on screen, there's going to be some dope ass fight scenes. Um, then we got here. 
Hiroki Sanada. I don't want to fuck up his name. Um, he's dude. Dude just played Scorpion, and he just he's dope too. Like the dude can kick ass. He's like older and he's still whooping some ass. So I can't wait to see what roles each of these people play. Cause that's going to be really interesting. Um, and I do enjoy the John wick movies. You know, they're not the most like, I don't know, like not the most crazy story wise. Like it's pretty simple in itself. Keanu Reeves knocks it out of the park. Cause he doesn't have to do much other than like, you know, kick someone's ass and grunt and, say a fucking like one liner that's kind of monotone and intimidating and it, yeah, he works it and it's, yeah 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 dude it's great he's great and um however i'm not on like the brad thing like, i don't want to see 15 of these things maybe give me like <laughs> let's see how this one goes and maybe give me the five um but like yeah dude i'm, I'm excited can't wait to see another john wick um brad you got anything else you want to add on to uh, yeah, actually, I did, uh, when I was researching for this, I did find an interesting little fact. Uh, Hiroyuki Sonata, he was actually supposed to be John Wick's adversary in number three, but he had an Achilles tendon injury, and he wasn't able to perform the role. So oh. now his uh, injury is healed, and now he's able to, I guess, do the role. Um, I don't know if he'll be the same role that they had planned for him in number three, um, but I guess I, I think it would be safe to assume that he's going to be one of John Wick's foes, uh, but obviously that none of that's been confirmed yet. Dude, how would it? How cool would it be if he like picked up a kunai out of nowhere, out of like some fucking like case, and like threw it at him? That would that would be dope. I would lose my shit just off of like <laughs> fandom and whatever. Um, uh, Matt, you got anything else you want to add to the John Wick news? No. Um, well, the only thing is, I, I would hope Wesley Snipes is confirmed in it because I've yes. always been a Wesley Snipes fan. And Donnie Yen actually did a movie with Wesley Snipes. He was in Blade too, so it'd be cool to see them reunited. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, dude, Wesley Snipes. I think he gets a little. I mean, he can be kind of like an asshole, I guess. There was some rumors about like the shit that he did on Blade Trinity set, but just as someone who performs a lot of martial arts like the, the dude is dope like i he's really smooth with his like stuff i love watching him fight even at this age um i think he would be super cool to see and i don't know if i want him adversary or like friend i think it would be cool if he was an adversary or whatever um i think that would be nice all right if that's all we got for john wick let's move on yes sir so so next up so we had uh, a little bit of stuff drop for the Flash movie, which is currently in production. I believe they're shooting in London, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's in Europe somewhere, but I think they're shooting in like London. Now, um, it's mostly come from director Andy Muschietti. He has released or posted some pictures of first. It started with uh, Michael Keaton's Batman suit, and it was just the logo and a little bit of the chest. And it was the yellow oval black batman and then splattered with a little bit of uh blood and what made that interesting is just because it looked like it's going to be the suit from batman did i say returns which is Beyond? the second michael oh no yeah you're right that member i think it's it is returns second michael keaton movie um then we had i think after that you could have had him showed like the flash logo and a little bit of like the material that the flash is going to be wearing it looks better 
I think that suit just in general already, just from that little tidbit, the oval's white, um, looks like a more material like suit. It's not like plates and wires connecting. And then we had finally Supergirl, Sasha Kaya's, Kaya's Supergirl like logo, like kind of put out there. It looks very much like the Man of Steel emblem. But what's interesting is it has the same material as the Man of Steel, but except on the shoulders, as it comes down, there's like a big thing of red. So um, overall, I know it's kind of not much, but like Matt, what did you think about these like four or three little suits that they kind of revealed? I liked them. I liked how it's going back to the uh, Michael Keaton Batman suit, which would make sense because if he is playing Batman, why not have him use the suit that he's worn before? And then I, I like the uh, updated Flash suit, too. I didn't really like the armor-plated one that we saw in the uh, dream sequence from the previous movies. So the fact that it's more suit, I think, is better. And then I, I like the Supergirl suit as well. I, I'm i indifferent towards the Man of Steel uh, suit. I like that it looks kind of more realistic. But um, I'm excited for it. I, the suits are showing promise, so hopefully that is trending in the direction of how the movie overall is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Brad, what did you think about the, the reveals, logo reveals, and very minimal suits? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th I think it's a good way to draw on hype for all the movies, or uh, for the movie. Uh, definitely, like, with the whole, like, the Batman uh, thing, I think that one was, like, really interesting in, in particular, because, like, you had, like, the blood dripping on it, and, like, you know, is it is that Batman's blood? Is that somebody else's blood? Like, is that, you know, is that foreshadowing of things to come? Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then I, I did really like the uh, the Flash, like, at least, the, you know, the little bit that we saw, because uh, I felt like uh, Zach, Zach Snyder, is he the only one that's done DC Flash to this point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel like he, uh, his suit, I, I just, I wasn't really a fan of, like, the plated armor. Um, it just looked, like, a little bit too, like, Bionic-y, I don't know if that's like the right word for it, like a little bit like a robot. Whereas like, I feel like Flash should be in more of like an actual, like, like not spandex suit, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like more of a, like a form fitting, you know, like a uh, form to body suit. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting to see like what the rest of the suit looks like. And then as far as Supergirl, I, like we said in the group chat, I, I didn't think that it was like a big reveal. And then Carlos was like, oh, well that, that's the, that's the Man of Steel suit. So I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't, so I don't, I don't really know much about that. So I, yeah. 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 They just kept, I thought it was interesting. I pointed that out that they kept in the group chat that they kept the man of steel, like, um, you know, it's very man of steel. That's what it looks like. If you go back and look at, uh, Henry Cavill staying as the exact same, like, uh, texture and the exact same, like mm -hmm. kind of line going through the S. Um, so I thought that was interesting because that to me shows that there's still connection to that like you know all this speculation about what is this going to be is this going to restart things is this rebooting things what the hell is it in some way shape or form there's still a connection to that superman now this is another thing that i pointed out to you guys that i thought was interesting and i got this from uh twitter i saw this on twitter i can't remember so i can't like say who it was but um somebody had posted a picture of a side-by-side -side of uh, someone from an injustice comic wearing a suit that looks very similar to the Supergirl suit. Now, mm -hmm. after doing a little bit of work, it looks like it's going to be inspired by um, a suit that was an imaginary daughter of Superman. 
Because like I guess it's like this dream sequence in Injustice where he's thinking about like what would have happened if maybe he didn't kill like Joker and all this shit wouldn't have happened. So it's an imaginary daughter and her name is Lara uh, Lane Kent. And she's got pretty much the exact same style suit, at least from like the chest up. So it has the red coming down. It's got an S, you know. Um, that to me is very interesting because some people have speculated that maybe she is in some way, shape or form actually like related, like not just a cousin. Maybe she is like a daughter to Henry Cavill's Superman. Um, with that in mind, let's say some eventually down the road, we find out that she is in fact playing a uh, daughter, Henry Cavill's Superman's daughter. Brad, what would you think about that? I think that'd be a really interesting uh, storyline because uh, I don't think we've really gotten that yet, uh, at least on the big screen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that'd be a really interesting route to go. And yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to see that. Um, I just, I feel like we've kind of gotten like a little bit of like the same superhero storyline, like again and again and again. So I feel like that might be a good way to like introduce like a, something fresh um, to the character and to like the, you know, the storyline as a whole. So I, I think that would be a solid route to go. Matt, what about you? Yeah, I feel the same as Brad. I feel like it would be a nice refreshing take um, just because we haven't seen that before. And I think with DC's kind of swing and miss um, record with movies, try something new. See see if this sticks and if it has a, a good response from critics and fans um, because so far, most of what they've done hasn't. So just try something new and see what happens. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting that they're going to, if if they do end up saying that this is his daughter, that, you know, they're getting some super family out on the screen, you know, because we have on television on Superman and Lois, you have Jonathan and um, Jordan Kent. And so I think it's interesting that they're doing that. Um, it could just be a suit inspired by that. And she ends up being just uh, Kara and it's just Supergirl. So we'll see. I'm excited for it, though. Um, anything else you guys kind of want to add? I know that was really quick, but there was nothing much. I think we can move on. We can get into like the meat and potatoes, what we've all been waiting for. So yeah, if you've made it this far, let me just say, if you haven't watched Loki, fucking press pause, press stop, do whatever the fuck you're going to do. Go, go watch it right now. Quit being an idiot and go watch the show because it. You know, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm just gonna say you need to maybe go jump off a cliff because I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life right now. It's hot as shit outside, and you need to be inside watching this. But Heat makes yes. Carlos aggressive, dude. Super aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for real though. This is uh, spoilers, so spoiler warning. We're gonna kind of you know dive into it. Um, so Loki, first two episodes released uh, this past week and the week before. Um, I'll just recap them. Essentially, you know. Episode one, Loki shows him getting the Tesseract, him going, transporting himself somewhere. Then the TVA shows up, imprisons his ass. And there's pretty much an entire sequence of Mobius trying to get down to understand, like, does Loki really like doing the shit that he does? Essentially showing him, like, all the bad stuff that he does and then showing him, like, what is going to happen on the normal timeline. So he sees, like, his mom die. He sees himself die. And um, it's just really trying to get down to, you know, he what makes Loki, you know, does he enjoy it? Is this what he wants to do? And kind of trying to help him understand that he can do something else if he wanted to. 
Um, and then in episode two, oh, well, the big thing about it is the reason that they try to get the TVA or the TVA needs Loki or wants to imprison him, Mobius wants to talk to him is because there's a something, there's, you know, a variant, a Loki variant going around and killing and attacking uh, TVA like guards. I don't remember what the fuck they're called, but uh, going around and is it Minutemen? Okay, yeah. so it's creating like chaos on certain timelines. Minutemen show up, then they're getting fucking like ambushed and murdered. So it's this whole idea, Mobius's whole idea seems to be like, what better way to catch a Loki than with a Loki? And um, so that's kind of like what you see. You see the variant kind of like fucking with the Minutemen and messing their shit up for like the first one. And then in the second episode, it really dives into. Like the first attempt is like Loki. He tries to like trick them all, I guess, puts them in like thin ice. And then you see them still talk and try to figure out what's going on. Like what is, what is this, uh, this variant doing, how it's doing it. There's just a lot of dialogue. It's, I can't, I don't want to go into it cause I can sit here forever, but essentially Loki finds out that the variant is hiding within natural disasters. It's hiding within, um, apocalypses. So that way there's no trace energy of his, of theirs and they can just come and go as they please. So they track the variant down. They have this cool weird ass fight in a superstore, which is interesting. And then there's a big reveal that ends up being this is actually a female like variant of Loki, which I thought was cool. Now, I think we kind of knew that. I think there was like whispers of that, but um, it's cool to see. And then at the end, she bolts into a time door all those like things you know all the like little reset things go off start causing a bunch of chaos she goes into a time door and he follows and that's kind of where it cuts off whoo i know i just said a bunch of bullshit. i said a lot um i just want to get your thoughts real quick uh we'll go with matt like what's your thoughts real quick on just like overall so far these two episodes well, one, right off the bat, I thought it was really funny that the building that they were in in Alabama to, like, protect themselves from a hurricane was a supermarket where <laughs> the doors were still, like, electronic by sensor. I was like, really? Like, people are just walking in easily, so water is just not going to go through. The like, I thought that was stupid. But yeah. I guess maybe that's why that was the apocalyptic event for them. But I really, really like this series. Um, I said before that I was a little worried. Because between um, WandaVision and uh, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but this is the one I was most excited for. So to me, that meant I was probably going to be disappointed in that. But so far, I, I have not been. I've really enjoyed um, Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he's literally perfect as Loki. Owen Wilson's doing a great job as Mobius. And I think the story has enough twists and turns already to keep us interested. I have ideas as to maybe what is going to happen or what's going on with those bombs. Um, but as you said, we kind of heard whispers that the variant was going to be a female version of Loki. And honestly, just from the looks of it, you could kind of tell it was a smaller stature uh, individual. It wasn't someone that looked like Loki. And honestly, what we know of Loki, regardless of future, past, present variation if Loki's doing something, he's going to want people to know it's Loki because he wants that fear and that respect and all that. So the fact that he was hiding, that he would have been hiding his face just doesn't go along with who we know Loki as. But I'm really enjoying the series and I, I can't wait for the, the next episode. 
Brad, overview thoughts. What are your quick thoughts about the two two episodes so far? Man, like uh, it's it's tough because like Marvel, they just keep outdoing themselves. Like you know, I thought like, oh man, WandaVision. Like okay, this is like a really good start. Like how are they going to top this? And then you get Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it's like, oh man, like wow, this is really great. Like okay, like it's getting tough. Like you know, how are you going to top this? And then now you get like Loki, and it's like Loki. Like I feel like so far. It, it's probably the best, like two episodes in, like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, I know everybody was giving uh, Elizabeth Olsen their, her flowers, but I don't know. I, I feel like Tom Tom Hiddleston, he's the best actor we've seen so far in a Disney Plus TV show or a Disney Plus Marvel show. Um, so, I mean, he's really, he's really anchoring the show. And like Matt said, I mean, he's like just an absolute perfect fit for Loki. Uh, so that's just, that's like kind of the, just the engine of the show. And then you add in Owen Wilson, who's like, Owen Wilson's like one of my favorite like comedy actors and like he's just absolutely killing it. Um, I would like if we could get like maybe like a wow at some point, you know, like wow, like a typical like <laughs> Owen Wilson. That would be cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I just, I mean, I, I couldn't be happier with the show so far. Uh, I really like like the Lady Loki angle. Uh, I'm really interested to see like what her agenda is and like what she's doing. Because um, like we saw in the last episode, she basically, I wouldn't say like nuked, but she basically bombed like the sacred timeline, which is like, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so I'm interested to see like the ramifications. And I just, I really hope that we at least get like a Kang uh, name drop. Like we have to, like, I, I feel like that's like, it's a necessity at this point. Um, I'm not gonna go with an appearance. It's not, it, it, we're not gonna do the Mephisto thing again. But no, like, we, at least we need it. We, we need a name drop, at least. At minimum. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. This um, this series so far has been really good. And I think the reason it's it's like gotten my attention is because I have no idea what the fuck to expect. Like, even <laughs> like the first episode, I turned it on and I was like, all right, what is this going to be? And I was just going, I like thought I had an idea. Then I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. Um, and, you know, time travel is always like time travel and anything involving time and space always gets really out there so i think you know then episode two i i once again i don't know where the hell this was going and just watching it and just it had me like captivated had me enthralled i was like invested you know i don't think this is like the craziest like hilarious show but dude tom hiddleston so good like he's just good anytime he's on screen like i just want to keep seeing him on screen like that's it. Like he's just good as Loki. Um, I thought I was so unlike you, Brad. I'm not a big Owen Wilson fan. I'm not. So I thought, like, fuck, this is gonna suck. Like Owen Wilson, what the fuck is he doing here? But the dude is actually pretty good. Like he's not like, you know, he's he's doing good, and I'm and I'm okay with it. I'm like, yeah, all right, this is fine. Like he's playing off of he plays off of Tom Hiddleston's Loki really well. So I gotta like give him props there. But yeah, I'm just enjoying to seeing where this goes. I mean, it seems like Loki's motive is ultimately to have this uh, council with the three timekeepers and eventually try to, of course, stab him in the back, take over, um, and you know, control the the timeline. I don't know if that's going to be his motivation for the rest of it. I am really curious as to what's going to happen whenever he encounters this uh, this other Loki, like after the time door. But um, yeah, I just really like the show. Just can't, you know, can't wait for the next episode. Um, 
So now we can kind of like like pick on specific things. Like Brad, is there anything specifically that you found like really interesting episode one and two that you kind of want to hit on? Yeah, uh, one thing, I don't know if uh, you guys caught this, but like when Loki, when he first lands at like the very beginning of episode one, he's kind of like chilling in the sand, like all fours, like he's like on his back. That was actually a callback to Iron Man 1 when Iron mm. Man uh, crash lands and like the the hunky steel like Iron Man armor suit, uh, Iron Man's just like chilling there in the sand like, fuck, like what did I just do? Um, so that was kind of like a little bit of like a callback. So I thought that was cool. And then uh, I thought uh, in the second episode that like the whole like salad scene where he's like uh, Loki was... <laughs> He had like the salad. He was like, "Oh yeah, this is Asgard." And then he like dumps the. Uh, is that like milk? I don't know what the fuck it is. I, maybe milk. But that that scene was really funny. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. And like I said, that's just fucking Tom Hiddleston talking. And I was sitting there like laughing and enjoying it. Um, Matt, you got anything specifically that you felt you really enjoyed so far? Uh, yeah, for the first episode, I forget what uh, exactly was said but i wrote a note and of course since it was a couple of weeks ago i forget what specifically the line was but they did mention nexus and madness so mm. i mean i know that they mentioned in the second episode they said nexus a, a hell of a lot more time so it didn't seem as important then but i thought that was interesting because we know the doctor strange movie has madness in the title and we know correct that this is going to transition into that movie as well. So I, I thought that was just a way of them kind of dropping the a hint there. And then um, something that I saw on IMDb for the second episode was uh, at the end of the second episode, when you saw like the timeline branching out and that whole scene on the computer screen, a couple of the things that you could see on there were Vormir, Xandar and Ego were uh, included on them. So I don't know if that is a specific reference for a specific reason, or if it's just like, eh, the fans will know these places, so we don't have to have them be like, oh, what's that, what's there, and all that. But I'm really excited. I think that some of the agenda for Lady Loki is going to be just fuck up the timeline completely and get it so there is no future, there is no past, there is no present, it's just a whole chaos chaos yeah exactly that it's just chaos and it's something that they're obviously going to prevent i too like you carlos am wondering if loki's original agenda of wanting to meet with the timekeepers and basically backstab them is going to remain his agenda and his motivation for this because i think this series is maybe going to try and humanize loki a little bit maybe put him more uh on the side of hero rather than just being an anti-hero but I mean, that's just my opinion on that. But I'm I'm super excited for the rest of the series, and I, I'm happy to say that I have not been disappointed yet. Yeah, that's good. And dude, I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about um, Voromir, Xandar, all all the planets, right? Because I don't know if you guys remember when there was like the trailer came out and like shots and stills came out. There was a shot of what looked to be like a a woman, a female figure, at least a female figure, sitting on something. And the background is like what looks to be a planet that's like kind of looks resembles, at least in, if I remember correctly, like Voromir. And so I'm wondering what's going to take place on this planet. I wonder if it's just going to be like they're going to time door that planet at some point, sit there and maybe like talk because, you know, she's just sitting in the 
the thing. And everybody at the time thought like, oh, is this like Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow? Is this what we're going to get? But it's probably safe to say that it's, uh, you know, the female version of Loki. Um, but it's interesting that they mentioned that. Um, I don't think we'll get like Ego. Maybe we'll get a quick glimpse of like Xandar. But um, um, yeah, like you guys, I'm just really excited for where this episode is, you know, or where this series is going and what it's going to lead into. You know, it's going to lead into the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, which is going to be nuts. And, um, you know, Matt, I'm really glad you pointed out the Nexus talk because, you know, they talked about like Nexus points and Nexus events and all these things at certain points. If I'm not mistaken, didn't they kind of label uh, what Wanda was doing like a Nexus event? Like, didn't they, or, you know, mentioned, so. you know, so like her kind of like screwing things up too. I'm surprised we didn't see them intervene. Maybe that was just like, all right, that that'll happen. That was meant to happen. And that's just kind of our introduction into these things because she kind of fixed everything herself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm really like, once again, like Marvel isn't missing right now. Like they're just not missing. It's, it's, you know they're it's really good um uh brad do you have like you're you're the bigger marvel fan of us three like do you have any predictions for maybe like episode three or what you want to see in episode three um i wouldn't really say i have like a like a rock solid prediction um i i would say that i would agree with matt though i think uh loki is going to be a little bit more on the hero side uh, so I would expect uh, Loki and Lady Loki. I would I would expect a fight between them uh, in episode three, and I would say maybe we learn a little bit more about the Timekeepers. Uh, mm -hmm. I I think that they're not going to look like the statues. Uh, I think that's going to be a little bit of a misdirect. Personally, I think the Timekeepers are going. I don't know who they're going to be, um, but I I think they're going to look different than what we've seen so far of them. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm hoping we learn a little bit more about the timekeepers and I'm hoping we get some, uh, low key versus low key action. Okay. I didn't, I didn't oh. know real quick, um, because Brad was talking about the timekeepers and not looking what we think they're going to look like. Since I am not as big of a Marvel fan as Brad, I didn't even know who the timekeepers were and I had to look them up to see like who the hell they were other than what we've been told in the show. And prior to learning more about them, I actually was wondering if that was going to kind of be like a red herring and there was going to be a twist in the show where there is no timekeepers and it's the TVA just trying to keep things in line or something where it, there is no timekeepers and Loki has been lied to this entire time. And he has to make that decision of, even though I've been lied to, do I still try and help Mobius or, or whatever? So I thought that was maybe a direction that they could have gone in. But once I learned the timekeepers were like actually legit Marvel characters, I was like, ah, no, they probably wouldn't make such a big deal about them and be like, nope, never mind. I don't think they would do another Mandarin like they did in Iron Man 3. Oh, God. That would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, um, so what I was going to like hit on was Brad mentioned the whole like thing about the timekeepers and maybe we'll kind of get to see who they are. Now, in episode two, like close to the end of it, that like a uh, Minuteman leader, she was like a leader that got kidnapped by female Loki, right? She's kind of going, you know, she's rocking back and forth and keeps repeating like it was real, it was real, it was real. I think it's like something like that. And then she mentions that she told the the variant um, how to uh, 
reach the timekeepers. Like pretty much she told them a lot of information. Now that to me, now that I think about it is interesting because of the fact that there's like a minute men or minute people, however we want to phrase that, that know how to like where the timekeepers are at or they know how to access the timekeepers. And so mm -hmm. obviously Loki knew that she, that that Minutemen had information. That's why they took that, that Minuteman. So I think we are definitely going to get to see more about the Minutemen. I mean, the timekeepers and, um, I'm really excited just to see once again, like that's all I have. Cause I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. Like it's the reality of the show. It's like, it could go in a bunch of different ways. And I think that's the most exciting part about the show. Like it could do so much. Um, do you guys have anything else? Anything else you want to hit on real quick? I felt like a complete idiot for like a few seconds in the second episode, because when they traveled back to like the Renaissance fair, there was like a bartender server waitress type person that like said something for a split second. I thought it, it was, um, Catherine Hunt. Wait, is that who played? Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. For a second, I thought it was her. I was like, Oh shit. There, she, there she is. Like, I thought that was going to be like a cool cameo because now we know who her character is. But then I looked it up. I was like, Oh never mind. That's just someone that reminded me of her. So I felt like an idiot <laughs> afterwards, but <laughs> Oh shit, uh, Brad! Do you have anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, I, well, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I just like you said. I just I'm I'm excited to see where this goes in terms of like the big picture because um, it feels like each Marvel show to this point has led us on like a different path, like into like the future of the MCU. So I'm wondering, like, is this gonna like car keep carving out like what WandaVision did, or like is it gonna take its own route? So I'm ju I'm just interested to see like where this puts us like, you know, for Dr. Strange two, uh, I think black widow is coming out after this soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like next month, I think. So it, it probably won't lead into like anything black widow, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just interested to see like where, where, where this takes us. For sure. Um, Brad, do you know how many episodes, uh, Loki is supposed to be by any chance? Off the top I want to say six. And it can probably right going to be like, um, you know, the cap or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's like a one-off thing, right? More than likely, it's yeah. gonna be a one-off. Okay, and so six that's, that's even more interesting if it is only a six-episode one-off, like like one shot. Because what does it mean for Loki moving forward? You know, mm -hmm. um, do, we don't know. I I'm not sure off the top of my head whether Tom Hiddleston is contra contractually obligated to do more than just Loki, and uh, we'll see. I would assume he would at minimum probably pop up in Doctor Strange. The second Doctor Strange. Like he would have mm -hmm. to, right? Like, I mean, other than that, like I, I don't know what it means for him in the future, and I can't wait to, you know, see what's in store. Um, Matt, you look like you were itching to say something. What's up? Yeah, I have a morbid prediction. What if at the end of Loki he still dies? It was like that was your fate the entire time. I mean, we were just using you to try and help us, but your your story was you know it, it was ended already or you know whatever so i just thought of that that would suck too no no i mean that's that's honestly a real like possibility it's like the fact that they can just easily reset him it fixes the timeline then you keep going with everything in the mcu now he just fixed this like branch thing that kind of happened 
but now everything back is back as the way it is. And so technically he's dead. He doesn't have to like do anything else. And it's, is the way it is. And I, now I think about it. I think that's, Oh, I, I think we may see some like heroic did I, thing. Did I just ruin Loki? <laughs> I, I don't know, dude, but I, I think I mean, we may see like some heroic action and then, and then them still kind of being like, you know, fuck, I'm sorry. Boom. And they hit him with that stick and, I mean, with how many times I was wrong about uh, Mephisto, maybe this is my one time to be right. I mean, and of course, it would be the one time where I don't want to be right. But I mean, I, I could see that, especially if he isn't contracted to do more. I mean, as you said, I don't know what the situation is with that, but that would be a very easy and clean way of Tom Hiddleston bowing out of the MCU. Yeah. What do you What do you think about that, Brad? What do you think about uh, Matt's morbid end? Honestly, that would suck because um, Tom Hiddleston, he's one of my favorite uh, MCU actors. So I, I really hope that he uh, gets to keep doing more movies. Uh, but like you guys said, I mean, it is it does make a lot of sense. Uh, it's kind of like the perfect way to like tie the bow on like Tom Hiddleston's uh, MCU career or uh, legacy, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, it, it kind of makes too much sense, which sucks. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I will, we'll see where it goes. Um, We'll see if Matt's right. I hope not. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it here. Um, thank you so much for everyone listening, watching, whatever the hell you're doing. Um, you can find us on YouTube on most uh, Apple or not Apple. Sorry. Most podcast streaming platforms at the moment. Apple is being weird for, you know, lack of a better phrase. It's being weird. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, thank you very much. Uh, you can go follow us on Twitter at it multiverse. Did I do it right? Yeah. On Twitter, hit us up there. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know your predictions for episode three and Loki. Um, and yeah, just hit us up on there. You can follow us on Instagram too. We're inside the multiverse, a lot of underscores in between everything. So just, uh, look us up, give us a follow give us a listen, whatever. We'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, thank you to you too, Matt and Brad. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next week. See you guys. Have a good one.